Hello, everyone. Welcome to Divergent Politics. I'm your host, Laura Hodge. I'm hyper-political, hyper-online, a Buddhist, and neurodivergent. Because of this, there may be times my thoughts are unclear to people who don't speak fluent Lara. But not to worry, I brought someone who does. To translate for you, my husband, Tristan Hodge. Hello, everyone. Tristan is apolitical, rarely online except for video games, not religious, not religious and neurotypical. We're very much an opposite attract kind of couple. And we've got a great episode for you tonight. First up, some whale fun. Then we'll get into a quick lesson from labor history, which will lead us into current labor headlines. And tonight we've got updates from last week and continuing strike actions. Then we're going to try to spot the propaganda and uh, viewer warning, this segment tonight does cover the topic of suicide. Following that, we'll have our mutual aid signal boost and then we'll jump into political headlines. Tonight, it's farewell to Rosalind Carter, Ukraine is out of the headlines and Biden's dismal polling. We don't have any guests for today, but if we did, that would come next. And then we'll finish off headlines with an apolitical palate cleanser. Tonight, that's the earthquakes in Iceland. Lastly, we'll wrap up any loose ends from the episode and end on a positive note. Let's get started. Okay, so I have been a big fan of Save the Whales since forever. I'm wondering if it's too little, too late. Tonight, we have uh, how wildlife uh, officials saved a humpback whale found hogtied to a 300-pound crab pot. Hogtied indicates hands and feet. Yeah, uh, it does everything a whale could do for that. Yeah. So, so here's a it's picture. Really here's a picture of the whale with the the buoys and things attached you can see right here where it goes from the mouth to the tail it's like a bridle and like caught itself on its tail so yeah that's not what you want no it's gnarly uh so the humpback was spotted october 10th uh off the coast of alaska it was entangled in a web of crabbing gear at risk of dying the whale was trailing two buoys, making unusual sounds and having trouble moving freely. They found heavy fishing line winding from the whale's mouth to its tail, ending in a glob of tangled lines at its tail. In a sense, the whale was hogtied. Think of how strong that line has to be. Yeah, seriously. You know, to, to bend a whale in half and hold them that way. Um, let's see. Ew. It was curved into a C-shaped yeah. posture, which, yeah, uh, the line was so tight that it couldn't swim in a straight line, and the whale had likely been entangled for about three days. So here is the crew working to free the whale. Uh, it says whales can usually get out on their own when they're uh, tied up like that, but the longer time passes, the more likely the whale is to panic, rolling and twisting until... Those entanglements become messier and increasingly life-threatening. Rest yeah, hard to untangle without fingers. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Opposable thumbs are, are real for, for knots. 
And I mean, even if you work with that stuff, once it gets tangled to that point, you just cut it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not salvageable. No, but even then, it's still a process. Wait. Yeah. But they don't have knives. No, no whale knives. No. Uh, so it says rescue team spent the entire day working to cut the whale free from 450 feet of heavy line. Um, it says if you come across a tangled whale, do not do what social media tells you to do, which is jump in and try to be mm. a hero with a knife in your hand. Don't do that. Don't do that at home. Don't do that. No, panicking whales. No, I want to be in the water. No, 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 no. So it said to go without saying, given their size, whales can be extremely dangerous to humans, even if they don't mean to be. I said panicking, anything in a panic is. Yeah. Like that's yeah. just not. Yeah, great. rabbit. <laughs> in a panic, will you know do some damage. Oh, nice, nice picture. All right, so I cannot take credit for this <laughs> uh, wonderful image. And if you're, uh, Lisa Frank, I, I think it's uh, it's Lisa Frank's style. Uh, yes, um, but it's because that's what I was looking for. Um, there's little initials down here. I found it on Reddit, and I put the link in the the show notes. So. Um, you know, credit given more credit to this was epic. It yeah. is three Lisa Frank style killer whales sinking jumping in a yacht, a, a Barbie pink yacht, too. At that, like, if they could somehow pretty. be high fiving, yes, That's the only way it could be better, yes. All right, so even though those first human that humans in that first piece. Uh, we're saving the whale. I think it may be too late. We're trying to suck up to the whales. Yeah. It's too late. These, uh, I know you guys have heard about the the orca uh, interactions happening off, around the Straits of Gibraltar generally. Portugal, um, Spain. Yeah. The, even though interactions have always been a thing, um, what they're calling, uh, I don't know what they call it. The, the negative interactions uh it's never been a thing before 2020 um that started in 2020 and uh since then oh, like there's no chart before no then, right not for the yeah like coming up to a side of a boat saying hi spring you know whatever yes but the knocking boats out of the, not a thing prior to this so we hit them with enough boats that uh they're just over it now yeah um, so there were 52 in 2020, 197. This is interactions, not necessarily attacks. Okay. So, and we'll get into the definitions in a minute. Um, 197 in 2021, 207 in 2022, and 93 in 2023 at the point that this graph was made, which I believe was June. Oops, sorry. All right. So now I just want to go. Through, we're just going to fly through some fun headlines just because I thought they were great. So in 2020, we have Are the Orcas ex Exacting Their Revenge from the Cut on September 13th? Not yet. <laughs> uh, the, the Guardian on September 23rd headline, Spain bans yachts from stretch of sea after orcas damage boats. Oh, wow. Yachts less than 15 meters told to avoid area near coast of Galicia after a series of incidents. Love it. Love it. 
And then September 13th, uh, HuffPost had a headline, Orcas ram yacht for two hours, an unexplained string of attacks. Uh, scientists speculate that the killer whales are playing off the Iberian coast, but the games are getting increasingly dangerous. Wow. I mean, just imagine the intelligence. I, I mean, to do anything for two hours that isn't trying to eat or sleep. Right. Yeah, no, they're playing a game or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or exactly. Yeah, or, or whatever they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, but, it's, they mean to do it if they And do they're it learning. Like, it, yeah. it, the next couple slides talk about that. It's, they're, they're learning. Yeah. Okay, so now we have a fun video that we're going to play here. And this is the first time we've done this this way, so apologies if it is funky. No apologies. <laughs> We are going to stop and start this because it's pretty long. So, another orca attack. I'm going to read for anybody that's on In October 2020, we were delivering a new 45-foot lagoon from France to Gibraltar. There's been a spate of orca attacks this season, and we were very apprehensive as we crossed Biscay. We were approximately 20 miles off the coast from Porto when it happened. Man, look at that. So, if you're on the audio podcast, God, he's right. now it is uh, just, a, there's a boat and there's just killer whales within, I mean, probably within feet, but could count it in inches mm-hmm. uh, of the side and back of the boat. And above the surface. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like coming out of the water. Right, not, not below the surface. The pod of orcas followed us and swam under the yacht, banging into the rudder. It was terrifying. We had no idea what sort of damage they were doing or how long it would go on for. Just pop up and then go under. Look right here, two of them. Did you see them? Jump in and then they go under. Him go under right there. Yeah. Right here. We contacted the Portuguese Coast Guard. And... Yeah, I, that's <laughs> just. That's a fun phone call. Right. <laughs> Dude, there's these three whales nailing my boat. And their advice is like, not what you want to hear, <laughs> which is basically go dead in the water. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. We'll turn off all your things. Oh, okay. But that's yeah. that's what dead in the water means. Like turn off all sure. your engines. You're like, yeah, get them to stop. That's the advice. Yep. Followed their advice. We turned all the systems off. All we could do was wait and hope that they would stop soon. Orcas are still with us and bumping into a boat. Okay, and then for the next little... And you know, if it was, if, if that was like bears, you know, you'd, you'd say, throw your food. Right, like, do get, something. Get rid of your food. Yeah, you know, they're not after they're, food. That's what they're after. Yeah, these guys they, are not after food. That's not the food. thing. All right, and then she just kind of goes on a monologue for a few minutes. So I'm just going to jump this a little ahead. 
jump it. They like to swim upside down right here by the back of the boat. And they are still with us. Coming up the back. Since you said you, you there, it's hard to see, but they were swimming upside down. You could see their bellies. Which is somehow almost scarier. I don't know. Like, you feel confident. Well, it's, it's like your cat. Yeah. You know, like, I'm a scary predator, but like I like you. Listen. So I'll, I'll rub my belly. Yeah, I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. After hours of this, they eventually swam away. We checked for damage as best we could. Luckily, the steering was still functioning properly, and there was no water coming into the yacht. Yeah, so that's the worst of that one. I bet they haven't been out on that boat since. Right. There's no way I'd get back in that boat. <laughs> One step too far. We're going to need a bigger boat. Okay, so now we're into 2021 headlines. Uh, video shows sailors fighting off a pod of killer whales with poles and flares after they break the boat's rudder. I actually tried to find that video to share, but it was really bad. It was, but yeah, they were like lighting flares and shaking them and like stomping on the boat saying, go away. Um, the video itself was not great quality, so I decided to find a different one. Um, Dude, a flare in the water would be the coolest thing an orca has ever seen. Right. No, he's just like <laughs> shaking it at him, and I'm just like, what are you, I don't think that's going to do it. Wow. Um, so yeah, that was Business Insider April 10th. And so I didn't retype any of these. All of these headlines are literally just screen grabs. Like, I didn't alter them. I didn't change them. Um so yes, killer whales attack fishing boat off Spain, New York Post, April 10th. Uh, again in 2021, Spain bans small boats from stretch of watercraft after Orca encounters. Two-week order on coast between Cape Trafalgar and Barbate is second time authorities have taken action. And that was the Guardian on August 8th. Terrifying moment, British yacht crew fear for their lives as 30 killer whales attack their vessel near Gibraltar. That's the one I have the video of. <laughs> it's, the video's not as cool as the headline makes it sound, but it's... it's. I mean, that's more than one group. Yeah, it's, right? it's pretty terrifying. Because their single groups don't get that big, right? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the max is, okay. but it's usually, I would, 10, 15, like, okay. maybe 20, but yeah, it seems like a lot. It's either a big group or multiple groups, yeah. which is way more terrifying. So that was Daily Mail, June 28, 2021. And then Orca attacks, rudder loss, losses and damage as incidents escalate was from Ooh, Yachting escalating. World. <laughs> it's escalating. Yes, it is. But I like that that one was from Yachting World. Time to bomb the ocean. Yeah. They're, uh... All right. So now we have another video. We are about, about that. 50 miles or so from Gibraltar, just leaving the Atlantic Ocean and heading towards the Mediterranean and the Straits of Gibraltar. Maybe about 25 miles or so off the coast the, of Spain. The one 
don't have so many. Watch the how much this. You can see the wheel here ripped. being ripped from my hand. He's not doing that on its full lock, from left to right or port to starboard, however you want to call it. But at yeah. that point, yeah. I was able to control it. I can pause it. But... What were you gonna say? Um, that's awesome. That that's all. Yeah, it looked like he was spinning that thing yeah. as best he could. He was like but... spinning the wheel. No, it was being yanked from under him, which is that. That fast side to side, I wonder if they were hitting it from one and then the other, or sure. if they had it in their mouth. I'm not sure. You know what I mean? And we're like yeah. sticking it around. All right. So let me just jump this up a little. Oh, wait, here we go. Look at this. And everything around. Shortly, we'll turn the engine off, turn off the electrics, and hope that that will be enough to stop their inquisitive nature. This wasn't friendly. It was not like watching dolphins that come up to the side of the boat and swim along this was something a little bit more orchestrated orchestrated <laughs> do you hear that it's ominous what seemed to be happening mm -hmm. was there was a pod and i'm guessing maybe of up to about i thought at some point about maybe 20 of them ranging from the smallest little baby ones up to some full-sized adults they would go under the boat the camera and bash up against waves. the hull and they would rub their bodies i'm assuming multiples up against the rudder stock not sure if they were using their teeth either, but at some point we did notice behind the boat chunks of the rudder that had been bitten off. Love at it. At this point onwards, we've got the sails off. Something that at one point they did stop and go away, but they did return, and that, that kind of filled me with a bit of dread, to be honest. There's my white knuckles. <laughs> yeah. Yep. A little terrifying. Both your boots are full. Hold on. So we made our way back. We should we say limped into Gibraltar, checked in, and uh, ducked the camera underneath, and you can Check see a big chunk out of the rudder that's been bitten and or chewed yeah, off. Love it. So you can see there. It's it's well. I think the sailing term is yeah, knackered. Hundred percent teeth were on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah that's just 100%. ripped. Pretty serious. Yeah, so that's, uh, now we're into 2022, uh, NPR, August 8th, killer whales are attacking sailboats near, Euro near Europe's coast. Scientists don't know why. And then Newsweek, October 17th, oh no, Orca rams and lifts yacht in latest Portugal attack. Uh, Newsweek, November 7th, Orca ripped, rip huge hole in boat and swim away with rudder in terrifying attack. Like the common theme here is the rudder, but it's the thing like in their mouth. Yeah, yeah. Like yes. With it. Uh, so scientists say one thing might stop orca attacking boats. That's from Newsweek, November twenty-first. The sonar. No. No. The theory was that orcas would eventually outgrow the activity. That was the that was the big takeaway from that article. One thing might stop them. I Leave them alone a for a few years. Good plan B. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely yeah. not what you want for plan A. So, 2023, still happening. There, were, there so. was a shoulder shrug that went with that answer. Right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe a little awkward. So, HuffPost, May 20th, orcas sink another boat in Europe, as and the behavior is spreading. 
Experts say the phenomenon may have started after a female killer whale had a traumatic encounter with a vessel at sea. Uh, that's Gladys. On a live science headline from May 23rd, orcas have sunk three boats in Europe and appear to be teaching others to do the same. But why? <laughs> okay, so we need to stop <laughs> communication between the terrorists and, and the, the orcas. orcas. <laughs> they're, they're spreading their, uh, their wicked agenda. I don't know. So far, they're mostly taking out the, the expensive yachts of billionaires. Yeah. They have taken out a couple fishing boats, like damage, not sunk, but but mostly it's the yachts and the sailboats. Yeah, and nothing of value is lost. Mm -mm. Not a real value. Right. Okay. This, hold on. This just makes me think of in 2020, when all the rich people were saying that we're all on the same boat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we're like, no, we're not. No, we're not. We're on a nice ass yacht. Yeah, we're all in the same. Yeah, we're all in the same storm, but yeah. not in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. How's your boat now? Yeah, right. Full of orca teeth. All right. Twenty twenty three, HuffPost, May twenty fifth. Orcas wrecked sailing boat in latest incident off coast of Spain. An orca group broke the rudder and pierced the hull of a boat near southern Spain, adding to dozens of similar incidents this year. So has anyone died? No. Mm -mm. No, no one drowned. Nothing. Nope. So no, that's why I think that's why I think it's the the working class heroes because it's just property damage. Mm -hmm. uh, Orca rams into yacht near Scotland as boat bashing behavior seems to spread north. Post June twenty second uh, subheading. One scientist suggested yacht damaging fad may be leapfrogging from a southern killer whale population. Bro, this is so fun. Yeah. <laughs> you got to try it. All right. Uh, BBC, August 2nd, Atlantic Orcas learning from adults to target boats. So I think that kind of shoots the theory of maybe they'll outgrow it. Yeah. Right down the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're learning it from the grownups. Oh, good thing that was just plan B. Yeah. Right. Cool. <laughs> and then uh, Washington Post, November 6th. Uh, Orcas sink another boat in Strait of Gibraltar off Morocco. For years, the region's killer whales have been bumping, biting, and in some cases sinking boats. But many scientists caution not to ascribe motive to the animals, like we're just doing. Where's my there it is. All right. Orcas sink another sailboat as bewildering wave of attacks continues. That's a new scientist, November 7th, with a subheading. Workers have been damaging or sinking boats in the Strait of Gibraltar for the past, past, excuse me, past few years, and we don't know why. And then HuffPost, November 18th, Orcas pummel boat after crew tries to deter them with heavy metal music. Hmm. So we saw... Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Were they already pummeling before the music? No, uh... It, they were trying to do it as a deterrent because I, I found an article that came out from a couple weeks before this one where that was actually a suggestion of a way to possibly deter them. Maybe blare music into that. No, then they that just they they're like, oh, that's a human boat. Let's go beat it up. Uh, blasting underwater tunes to keep killer whales away is a bad idea for multiple reasons. A researcher says. All right, I got oh one more video here. 
Experts now believe that White Gladys not only started the so-called attacks, but has even taught others in her group to do the same. But the question many have been trying to answer is why? Could it be revenge or just a little wave of fun? So here's my, I think it's revenge. I think of one of those super yachts like somehow killed her baby and she's just like, you know what? I've had enough of this. It's time to go down. Yeah, or she got whacked with a rudder. Yeah, something. But I would assume, I would assume this seems like a mother rage to me. Yeah. Like, like her baby got whacked by a yeah, rudder. I mean, it's hard for me to imagine something that can swim fa fast enough to hunt tuna to get hit by a boat. Right. Like, I can see a manatee getting hit by a sure. boat. That makes perfect sense. But yeah, I, this feels like mother rage to me. Yeah. Like, um, the, the, the scientists in this definitely disagree with me, but I'm sticking mm. with it. <laughs> yeah. Dramatic oh video shows an orca slamming into a boat off the coast of Spain, startling unsuspecting passengers. The video was taken recently, and it's part of a string of other similar encounters. Mm -hmm. In some cases, orcas caused enough Look damage that, to sink boats and have even been it's seen. really on choppy on my side. Is it? I'm sorry. Yeah. If it looks good on yours, great. Yeah. But... The video is a little choppy anyway, um, but it, it was a... Uh, right below the decks was just filling with water and the guys in there with buckets. And you can see bilge pumps just pouring water out of the side for that's come in. Pulling off the that's rudder. Scary. Experts speculate there are two main theories about why the whales are going after boats. Some believe the orcas are seeking revenge, but two experts I spoke to say that's pure speculation. Instead, they believe it could all just be part of the game. That that's a human uh, pastime. Killer whales don't do revenge. It's definitely getting to be a problem, but yet they haven't done revenge yet yeah i don't know i can i i tend to agree with them a little bit like that's that's a pretty human thing i'm with you but like that's uh what anthropomorphizing anthropomorphizing yes yeah but i mean dogs do revenge i've had a dog that uh bit my kid and i you know Put it, I didn't beat it or anything, but like I put it outside to go potty and then I put it in his kennel for a little while. And then when I let it back out, he immediately bolted to her bitter in the face because like you're the reason I was punished and put in my kennel. Mm. So like, like whether it's what humans call revenge or not, animals don't fucking grudges, man. Like Uh, it looks to me that this is just killer whales having fun. Whales, you looks know, they really don't fun. think like we do. It's a totally different environment. So we can't really put human terms to it. But a playful thing, you know, seems like something they do. Experts believe. I don't know. I feel like. Dolphins do a lot of really bad things in the name of fun. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it could have started as revenge and now it's just fun. Mm-hmm. The behavior all started oh, with it's White funny. Gladys, who they say was pregnant when she began wreaking havoc. She might have, this one whale might have learned how to do that, and then, you know, her youngsters imitated her, and then others followed as well. Both Nancy Black, a marine biologist for Monterey Bay Whale Watch, and Robert Pittman, a professor at Oregon State University, say it's likely the others in White Gladys's group are copying her behavior. It seems like a good number of them are youngsters, so, mm -hmm. I mean, that indicates they found a game. They are curious. So, and that's like where the the theory is that they don't have growth. But like, I'm sorry, it was started by an adult. Like, mm. it's not, and it's not just the young kids that are doing it. Like, sure, that may be where it started, but it's, they're 
that last video yeah, you saw I mean, 30 of them like anything else it could be a combination of both sure yeah. curious and playful and they learn from each other and if one of them starts to do something uh and it's fun or interesting it'll uh, be passed around the pod fairly quickly. Look at that. Researchers that. say killer whale so this is that graph that I had from the beginning. There were more than 200 oh, encounters reported last from. year. 93 have been reported this year alone. Black believes people are just paying closer attention. I don't think it's that there's more sightings. I think people are reporting them more and are interested in it a lot more than they mm. used to be. I disagree. Whale watching is a thing. People really like it. Yeah, it's always like, been a thing. Right? Like, so it's people are under-reporting mm -hmm. whale sightings. Just, no, like, you tell everybody. And even before this, if one or more whales hits my boat, I'm fucking telling someone about it. <laughs> right? Like, right. that's well, not we're telling everybody. Despite yeah, the damage to boats, uh, no humans have been hurt in any of the encounters. There you go. Bay, CBS 8. Yep. Uh, all right. So here's the definitions that they're talking about with uh, mm. uh, interaction. So a sighting is when you see a whale and it doesn't stop. It doesn't come to you. It just moves on. So an interaction is when you see a whale and the whale sees you and either stops what it's doing or it stops and looks at you or comes up and approaches you yeah. or direct, you know. This could apply to any animal. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, but the disruptive behavior, that's what's new as of 2020. And that is pushing, turning, and damaging boats. Hmm. That is a new behavior as of 2020. I was going to say, I mean, people in kayaks in Alaska have interacted with whales for a long, long time. It's yeah. never been a problem. Yeah. No, because they're not particularly violent. Yeah. All right. So I just found some other headlines I thought were funny. So whales going to whale, people going to people. Uh, more and more orcas have started using fishing lines as free buffets. Haters will call it stealing, but scientists call it innovating. From HuffPost, February fifth. How do they caught fish without getting you. caught? I'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, Spanish police. So the people, Spanish police, bust drug ring suspected of faking orca attack to aid smuggling. Group allegedly transported hashish on boats from Morocco, then simulated accidents and asked to be towed to Spain. From the Guardian, February tenth, twenty twenty-two. So here's more on the orcas. So uh, two fish. I mean, you know, whatever are caught on long lines along the bottom of the ocean floor, meaning that one big fishing line is baited with many hooks and each hook nabs an individual fish. So then as the lines are getting pulled up, it's like a conveyor, a conveyor belt sushi that the orcas just pull <laughs> the fish off as it's getting pulled up to the water. They just stab just it. grab them by it, the tail and it, pull them up. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. It's amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the researchers looked at data from 2003 to 2018 and noted that incidents of orcas eating the fish off the hooks, referred to as depredation, gradually increased over time. This seemed to be due to or individual orcas picking up the behavior from one another. <laughs> what, 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 is, what does that word mean? Like, not predator? I'm not sure. Like Maybe. Predation. Yeah, like, they, not, not hunting for themselves, yeah. finding things. Yeah. yeah, that would make sense. But not 
foraging either, really, right? right? It's stealing, yeah. Uh, human activities by altering the availability of resources and ecosystems may lead to new behaviors spreading across individuals of species capable of innovating in response to changes in their environment. Excellent. Yeah. So that's, uh, all right. And then the, the uh, Spanish police bus drug ring, um, suspected of smuggling sailing boat accident. Wow, let me start that over. Spanish police have busted a drug ring suspected of simulating sailboat accidents, including an attack by orcas to smuggle hashish from Morocco to Spain. The group allegedly loaded drugs on the sailboats to Morocco and once in Spain waters would fake a breakdown or an accident and request maritime assistance to be towed to Spain. Once in Spain, the group would take the hashish in small quantities to a storage room in the southern province of Cadiz. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, from where it was then shipped out of the country. Police arrested two people and seized 172 kilos and over 63,000 euros as part of the investigation. So, so do they think they did that multiple times to skew the numbers? Is that what they're getting at? Or they just caught them? They just caught them. No, right. they're just, okay. yeah. Yeah, no, they're just saying like, oh my God, these that's what happened here. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't come up with that plan if you weren't smoking it. Sheesh. Right, like, probably you, not. You're sitting around, you're puffing. Guys, I got an idea. All right. So now we have labor history and current labor headlines. Sorry, so I'm doing this a new way. So, Wait, got it. so uh, this week in labor history, uh, November 22nd, 1909. We're going to talk about the uprising of the 20,000. Hmm. Some 20,000 mostly Jewish female garment workers <clears throat> are on strike in New York. Eventually, over 30,000 workers joined. Uh, this is kind of the highlight, so this is going to bounce around a little bit. Uh, a judge tells arrested uh, pickets, you are on strike against God. Mm. Like, that's some... God was real particular about making making pants. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the walkout, believed to be the first major successful strike by female workers in American history, ended the following February with union contracts bringing better pay and working conditions. A year? It was going for a year? Uh, no, because it, it happened November, so that was like January. So it was a couple oh, months. Oh, I'm sorry. Just... I thought it said February to February. Okay. No, no, November. So it's gotcha, this week gotcha, gotcha. to February gotcha, of the following gotcha. year. Okay. Uh, the strike was led by Clara Lemlik, a 23-year-old Ukrainian immigrant, and uh, she was assisted with by the International Ladies Garment Workers Union. Oh. All right, so now we're getting to, like, how bad it was. So garment workers often worked in sweatshops for 3 to $4 per day, and work weeks of 65 to 75 hours were common. Could you mm -hmm. imagine working 75 hours and someone hands you four $1 bills? I mean, or I guess that's a week, but still. If those four $1 bills $1 could bill. pay my rent. You know, and put that's on true. The table. Yeah, I guess it doesn't uh, really matter, but the actual dollar amount is. That's true. But I know it didn't. No, it didn't. Right. <laughs> so, 
So uh, they were often required to provide their own materials, including needles, thread, and sewing machines. Like, isn't that the whole means of production? Like, isn't that the thing that the capitalists are supposedly bringing to the table? That yeah. that's their big claim for, I made the investment in the Especially material. Especially in that industry. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you have all of those things, you don't need anyone. Right. So, yeah, I'm not sure. But that uh, says, some worker work sites locked workers inside to prevent workers from taking breaks. Which, as... Uh, Anybody who is labor history nerd knows about mm -hmm. the this triangle shirt waste fire. People dying in yep. fires. Yeah. Uh, during the strike, uh, Lemlick was hospitalized after being assaulted on the picket line. Mm -hmm. oh, excuse me. Uh, and so the demand was for twenty percent pay raise, a fifty-two hour work week. Can you imagine? Like that's what they're trying to to negotiate. Well, let's put in perspective: twenty percent is less than a dollar. Yeah. A week. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a day. Oh, per day. I'm yeah. sorry. You're right. I know. I made the mistake of it was 75. Per but day. Yeah. still, like, yeah. it's not, not a lot. lot. Um, they were also asking for overtime pay and improved safety conditions. Like not being locked in the building. Yeah. Uh, radicals. So the factory owners were vehemently anti-union and did not accept the demands. They hired thugs and prostitutes to assault the strikers and bribe and are and bribe officers to arrest the strikers. Uh, it just seemed like these these people were considered like radical socialist left wing fucking communists. Mm -hmm. Like the same thing that we're calling people that want a minimum wage. Right. Like yeah. dude, this is always the thing. it has always been a thing. Yeah. No, this is the foundation of capitalism. No, it has to be a thing. Mm -hmm. You will always be fighting for these things because you're not getting them. Right. Right. And there will always be a thing and there will always be something to call those people. Right. So uh, the union put members of what was called the Mink Brigade onto the picket line. So that was a bunch of well-to-do ladies from New York. Uh, and Oh, okay. Gotcha. So they were wearing their minks. Okay. Um, in their dresses and their, uh, they were standing in solidarity with the lady garment Oh, they workers. were for... Yeah, they were for the image of who was getting arrested. Exactly. Love it. Yep. So when the upper class women were arrested alongside the striking workers, the arrest made front page news. Love it. Which did not which did not occur when the strike only included working class women. Yeah. Yeah. Of course not. So I'm not like, let's get the rich ladies in here and then people. I, I, mean, I mean, at least it still went with oh. rich ladies because there's still women. Right. Back then, right? Yeah. Uh, so the strike lasted until February of 1910, and many demands were met, including better pay, shorter hours, and equal treatment for non-union workers. However, safety concerns were not addressed, which resulted in the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire a year later. Oh, man. It's sad. To one that, like one that, year. That was one year could have been. Oh, man. Yeah. It like direct result of a thing they were asking for and were told. No, nope, that can't, can't be done. It cannot be done. It can't be done. The numbers no. don't work. No. We can't protect you guys. No, we can't let you take breaks. Mm -hmm. So we have to lock you in. So that is labor uh, history. So now we have some labor headlines. So now Subaru to raise its U.S. plant worker mm -hmm. wages in light of UAW Detroit deals. Yeah, this is one I didn't even think about in the in the whole mix. Mm -hmm. They're just such so you know smaller market share anymore. 
Yep. So, so they're non-union also, right? Yep. So this is another update to continuing updates to UAW's uh, situation. Uh, last week, we told you that Hyundai and Honda had uh, had joined Toyota, typo there, uh, to preemptively raise wages for workers mm -hmm. after the UAW strike. Uh, and now they are joined by Subaru. The wage raise figures have not been announced yet, but are expected to be in line with the new industry levels. With the new industry yes. standards. Yes. That is that. a wonderful sentence. Exactly. Um, and then improved health care is also on the table. So that's a quick update there. And uh, the UAW members have ratified their contract with Stellantis mm -hmm. now. So believe that's everybody um as they ratified on friday about 68 percent of those who voted approved the deal so okay. way closer than gm or way less scary close than gm like close to 70 percent versus close to 50. I, I wonder you know one of those companies has been completely flipped upside down multiple times in the past couple decades that's stellantis awesome. yeah like it, it's been rot and sold yeah. and bought and sold by like vastly different parties right so i wonder if they're um you know a lot of people that have been there for a while aren't as entrenched as the people that have been at gm for sure years. that makes sense yeah yeah just less um yeah. so it says they reached a tentative deal in late october and the new contract includes 25 percent wage increases and cost of living increases the top pay will be more than 42 dollars an hour and it reduces the time to get to the highest pay rate from eight years to three years. And everybody got a five thousand. I don't know everybody. Uh, at least some people got a five thousand dollar ratification bonus when the Hell yeah. deal was signed. This can't be done. The money is not there. Right. Here's a bonus. Yeah. Fuck you. It can. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That and that's I always the line for the time off. Right. But yeah. that's always the line. Is sorry, we can't help you. Like anytime workers ask for anything, it's sorry, it's not on the budget. Sorry, it's not on the budget. Sorry, we can't help you. Somewhere in the line, someone I talked to my guy and I just can't do it. No, can't be done. Sorry. I talked to the boss and it just can't happen. Right. So now new strikes. Thousands of Starbucks work Starbucks workers strike on the one of the busiest days of the year. Hold on. Black Friday? No, Red Cup Day. It's a thing. Okay. So we're going to learn These together. You're not going to like this, but listen up. Do not stop at Starbucks on your way to the office today unless you're comfortable with crossing a picket line. Starbucks employees in Texas, Arkansas, and Oklahoma are going on strike. You believe those locations, too? Mm -mm. It's impressive, right? That, that's awesome. Yeah. So, I, I like that she straight out called out, you, you're crossing a picket line if you go to Starbucks. And yeah. Like, I was, I was, yeah, she didn't spin it. Uh-uh, which I was prepared it. for, yeah. I yep. was impressed. Good job. Yep. The employees are joining thousands who are already on strike as Red Cup Day gets underway. Today, anyone who orders a holiday beverage will get a reusable limited edition Red Cup. But Starbucks union leaders say the coffee chain does not properly staff its stores for the expected influx of customers for the holiday deal so yeah so that's the thing when you the red cup so in. they're they're striking over terrible conditions of one day mm -hmm. that must be a really terrible day right? jesus Christ. and it's not even black friday or like it's their oh own homemade up 
Yeah. Today's. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh. Strike here in Houston will take place along Fannin Street and Cambridge Street in the Med Center. Demonstrators are already gathering at that in intersection sure as we speak, and the picketing oh, and protesting is scheduled to start at seven. Yeah. Three six, you're not gonna yeah. like this. And uh, what day was that? Uh, that was sixteen. Uh, yeah. Okay. So here's the the details so the red cup rebellion <laughs> that's what the union called the walkout so when you first mentioned this i thought you were talking about red solo cups. of course <laughs> so this is so much better uh it says workers the walkout involved thousands of workers at more than 200 stores uh but starbucks executives uh are quoted as saying it was less than 100 stores and not a big deal um, the walkout was largely centered around understaffing, uh, particularly since adding mobile order and delivery, which is now a third of sales. That, I believe that. Me easy. too. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, one of the asks was for them to turn off mobile ordering on like Red on Cup day, day and on other high traffic. Yeah, you want the cup, get your ass in here. Exactly. And yeah. they didn't. They refused. So um, Starbucks says that store managers have the flexibility to adjust staffing with their next point basically counter counters them the schedules uh as ah that should not be there starbucks managers have the flexibility to adjust staffing schedules as needed that should not be a separate bullet point uh and are often provided additional labor hours to increase staffing for promotional days so the what exactly is flexibility to adjust staffing if you're limited in the labor hours you can have like I, I think I think I'm misunderstanding. It sounds like Starbucks gives store owners the hours to do this, and, and the store owners aren't doing it. No, it's the, the store, store managers. managers. So no, so what? The Starbucks is scapegoating on the store managers, saying that the managers have the flexibility. We don't we don't step into scheduling. That's the store manager's problem. But then Starbucks only gives the store managers this much labor to work with. To schedule okay so they're giving him some additional for those days but it's an but, hour. and often not even every time but but by saying that it basically hints that it's not enough the rest of the time right mm. like they're saying we get we have flexible staffing no we don't it's incredibly rigid and on inc super special days sometimes we'll give you a little gotcha okay so this th this day is the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. It's not just about, okay. Right. Yeah, it's about all the time. Yeah, exactly, though. The mobile orders and stuff has been a huge. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why this puts so many bullets in here. I'm not sure what happened to my slide. Uh, since 2021, 360 Starbucks stores have unionized. And since just February, uh, workers have filed not more than 90 complaints in New York City, in just New York City. Man, I feel like these people were kind of shit on during the pandemic. Yeah, a little bit, I think. They were essential workers, right? Mm -hmm. That didn't get paid. Nope. You know, I nobody's tipping on these fucking delivery things nope. like that. Because you already got a driver. So, yeah, you oh, got wait, Starbucks doesn't take tips, do they? Yeah. They do, okay. 
Did they used to not too? I don't know. Definitely. But yeah, either way, making all those drinks and not getting any tip for it, like they're not making ends meet. Right. Okay, so now we've got uh, our spot the propaganda segment. Um, and tonight it's going to be a little less hidden propaganda and a little more here's some blatant and disturbing propaganda. Uh, or in this first case, copaganda. Copaganda? Copaganda, as in police. Mm. And the propaganda around the police. Yeah. So, like I said at the beginning, this episode, uh, or this is the segment that does discuss suicide. Okay. So this is from CNN, and it's inside the pressure cooker. Four deaths in 24 hours open up conversation about suicides among police. This is uh, from November 12th. This is from a little while ago, but I just felt like it was worth talking about. All right, and so I've got some key things I want to talk about in here, and that's what I've highlighted in uh, purple. So I may not read all of this is basically the whole thing, but the, the stuff in purple is something I definitely want to talk about. So, they start out saying, when uh, former Omar, former police officer Omar Delgado heard the news of four current and former members of the LA County Sheriff's Department dying by suicide in less than 24 hours last week, he understood. It's kind of like a pressure cooker. If you don't slowly let go of that steam little by little, when it does pop, it's over because it was going to be such a big explosion. That's everyone. Right. That's how life works. Right. So Delgado was one of the first officers on the scene of the Pulse nightclub attacks in Orlando on June 12, 2016. So here's the very first piece of framing propaganda that I want to point out. Bringing up something that we naturally identify with, like that mass shooting, Right? Everybody remembers that. Everybody, like, oh my gosh, this is terrible, whatever. But this guy was not a victim in the bar. Right. He's a first responder. Right. That's his job. Right. That's his job. And so they're going to him, talking to him about this current thing of suicides and framing him as a victim. I mean, he's definitely affected and he's he's a victim in that i'm not saying that but right i'm not saying that ptsd isn't real i'm not saying what witnessing that didn't but the way this is framed in the article yeah. was that he is has ptsd from the shooting sure sure and that's not accurate it's just the way it's framed and they, they put him in the role of victim um so yeah it says he uh, he suffers from PTSD and has twice tried to take his own life. He says that the, the officers just popped. We are stunned to learn of these deaths and it has sent shockwaves of emotions throughout the department. Uh, Richard Pippin, president of the Association for LA Deputy Sheriffs told CNN, he is very confident. There was no correlation between the deceased members who died between Monday morning and Tuesday morning. Really? <laughs> that wouldn't be my first assumption. They're all police officers. That's a 
pretty solid correlation. Yeah, yeah. The, the died by suicide within 24 hours of each other. And they're not releasing the names. I, I all of a sudden think something else is going on. Right? Yeah, exactly. So like, it seems like very much like an immediate cover your ass. Were they all in the same place? No, they were just throughout the Throughout, throughout the, the country, yeah, right? No, L.A. L.A. Sheriff's Department. L.A. County. Oh, they're all the yeah. same department? Yeah. Yeah, now I automatically think there is something else really fucking weird going on. Right. Okay, so a stressful job in a field struggling to fill the ranks. So uh, they're talking about the debts were unprecedented with so many in a single agency in such a short time frame. Begging the need for enhanced mental health resources and incentives for officers to recognize, seek, and accept help when they need it. So that is a very key point. That's I didn't make a problem. But yeah, right, but accept help when they need it. Like you have created a culture in the police where it's not okay to accept help for mental health. I, like, here's the thing. I don't even know how how true that is, but I assume oh, it's worse we'll than it. general population. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's a thing. Yeah, no, we'll get into exactly. Um, so then they said, uh, the losses hit an agency dealing with low morale and severe staffing shortages. So now they're making it sound like Starbucks. Don't you feel bad for these poor workers who are just, they're understaffed. And just, like, I'm sorry, who has more money than God? The fucking police department. Especially that police department. <laughs> right. So, so they're we're, we're we're supposed to feel bad for them because they have staffing shortages. They have fucking helicopters and shit. Like, give me a break, guys. Yeah. 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 There's a. Yeah. There's very there's a much a. Yeah. Exactly. Very much a a taking the role of victim here. Um. That's so it's pretty blatant. Now, granted, I I I don't want any of these people to be committing suicide. No. Like, no one should. Be but I also don't want them to be police. <laughs> like, I mean, that's separate. If you're receiving the, the the treatment and support that you need, dealing with that kind of stuff, right. and you still can't deal with it, you should not be in that job. Which we'll we'll get to. Okay, um, cool. <laughs> uh, says the numbers are sharp. On any given day, the department is short roughly four thousand employees, in an agency budgeted to have more than seventeen thousand. Seems like. I don't know, just a robot allocation of resources, man. So, so they're trying to fill four thousand spaces yes. to get up to seventeen thousand. Yes. Is that yes. I'm understanding that yes. right? And they Where's tried that extra money going. Probably legal. That's a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um, with all the hiring the department has been able to do over six months, they were able to achieve a net gain of fifteen employees. <laughs> So, not even keeping up with retirement. Hey, um, you know, this brings me to the point in almost every conversation where you have to ask yourselves, are we the baddies? Mm -hmm. You know, do people not want to do this because... Because they, it's a terrible thing? associated yeah. with that? Like, you know, people naturally want to help people. And right. I think that's probably a good portion of people that start aiming for that yeah job. but and it's a being, fascist organization and, yeah they're being deterred because they're like i'm not actually gonna help no no all i'm gonna do is hurt people uh so this is uh officers are working up to 70 hours per week 
they aren't seeing their families it's an arduous and stressful job like i'm sorry like this is this they compare it to like burnout of like a nurse right you don't have to do go do something else like i just i don't feel bad like i mean you have like the most i feel bad for him as a worker no sure. one should be working 70 hours sure right because their shirts down. but they could quit they, they very well could like yes. they police unions are some of the strongest unions in the country and as pro-union as i am i don't think police unions should exist like how are they getting that screwed over like that yeah. just i think it may be like a one-off once a year one time somebody worked 70 hours and so they could put it in the i don't know maybe not but the whole thing just reads real this reminds me of, of a news story that I caught. Maybe just I don't even talk about that part into it. When uh, weed got legalized mm -hmm. in Oregon, mm -hmm. um, there was this huge story about, oh my God, these poor drug dogs. What are we going to do with all of these drug dogs? You're going to do with them the exact point of decriminalization. You're going to lower law enforcement. Right. You're, you're going to reduce the number. You're going to reduce law enforcement. You're going to put those dogs in anywhere. Right. Anything else. Tell me you're going to have a hard time finding a home for a drug dog. No. Give me a fucking break. Everything about that was as perfect as it was supposed to be. Right. You know, it, like crime is, is coming down because we're not chasing people smoking joints. Right. Um, and we don't need these drug dogs anymore. Win, 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 win. But woe the is the fucking police department. Right. Woe is the police. We feel, feel bad for us. Give me a fucking break. All right. So says that this is not just an L.A. sheriff's problem. Uh, departments nationwide have been struggling since COVID-19 and the death of George Floyd, which sparked protests and scrutiny of law enforcement biases across the country. It sure fucking did. I mean, here's, here's what we got to remember. Like, they are unionized to the point where not a lot of cops are, are getting paid poorly, right? I'm, I'm sure there's some, you know, bureaus that, you know, smaller, whatever, but they're they're classically not an underpaid. No, no, that they're very middle class. And people still don't want it. Right. No, that, that's one of the reasons people do. It's a very pretty much guaranteed mm -hmm. ticket to the middle class. And it, it's not, no, I, the, the, people the masks are off man like it's people's conscience yeah and, and we were talking about that here like we lived in this small area pre-2020 mm -hmm. and then we left and then we came back post 2020 and oh god the number of police here is like mm -hmm. more than doubled tripled at least mm -hmm. like and the just, population didn't do that no way. no the population got like smaller anything like it people fled this area um but and yeah, they like tripled the police. Um, so back to this, it says from one call to the next, law enforcement officers meet people at their most difficult moments in their lives. Mm -hmm. And to deal with that, such a high percentage of your waking hours, week after week and month after month, it's wearing on them. Yeah. I I I will give them that one. Yeah. And you you are seeing people at the very worst of their life, every single interaction. Like and that's and that will wear on you, but that's where those right. But the fact that that's right. The fact that at the point we have real limited resources for mental health 
And it's not required. Like the police officers have to ask for it. And we'll get into why they don't want to do that. And we'll we'll also, you know, say that if any money was spent in, you know, taking care of people's mental health, we wouldn't need as many. Right. So <laughs> Yeah. No, seriously, can we just replace the police with a bunch of mental health crisis counselors? I mean and like that they takes can do it care. together. Right, yeah, yeah. That would solve the problem. Uh Nine members of the department have died by suicide this year, a number far surpassing recent years, one in 2022, three in 2021, and two in 2020. So this is the one that terrified me. Now, I guess it's just that that one bureau or one department, but I feel like more than that, people commit suicide in in any industry. Yeah. If you you have that bigger group of people, but I don't know. I don't know those so, uh, police rarely seek help. Um, this talks about sure. the clusters, uh, like the one one suicide can trigger like others yeah. in a close knit. So, like when it happens on the ship, somebody gets real hurt or something happens, and like other people might morale. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. So, yeah. like real close knit thing. That's yeah. that's the thing. Um, but yeah, it's and you are talking about people who tend to be pretty close. Yep, exactly. No, they're they're they the epitome of us together. versus them. Uh, well, like, yeah, and they go through shit together. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, tight, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. No, that's the whole thing. Is they are the, probably the most maybe the military, but like the most brainwashed group of us versus them mm-hmm. that there is. Um, and it says they uh, have a fifty-four percent higher risk for suicide compared to the general population there we go that's the so, number so if we know that why are we not mandating mental health counseling like anyway we'll get to that yeah. uh so the resistance among police officers to speak out is rooted in the fear of how it will impact their jobs sure because, just like how some people are exactly because they're afraid of how it's going to be yeah um, be- because they know the department has liability concerns when it comes to sending a person out in public with a gun while knowing they're experiencing emotional or psychological difficulties, Pippin said. So as long as we don't know, it's all good. It's the result of the stigma around mental health ingrained in police culture, which perpetuates an attitude to suck it up and move on. As a, as a man raised in America, I cannot relate. At all. I no, have no idea. Suck it up and move yeah, on as the, the guy. Means or is all about. So I just, you can't buy a gun if you've been committed to a mental health institution. Mm-hmm. But these guys are in the middle of full blown mental health crises and unaddressed. 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 And going, choosing to go out into society mm-hmm. armed. Yeah. Like, there, there's something wrong with that. Oh, there's a lot wrong. You're right. There's a lot wrong with that. Okay. This ain't talking out, just you're pushing it down. You were talking about like how they dealt with it in the Nazis, right? Like they gave them meth, is everything? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, dude, when when you're, you know, trying to put groups together and you know you're going to have one group doing really, really nasty things, like obviously you're going to put a certain type of person um, in that role, but you're also going to beat them full of amphetamines. Okay. And that was to basically give them, um, you lose impulse control. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, ch- chopping someone's head off because that's what you were told to do. It doesn't really seem like that bad of an idea. Right. Um, and as crazy as it sounds, it helped them 
still function after doing those horrible you things. numb your emotions down even, from even if you yep. you know dehumanize your your enemy um which the police do yeah they sorry, do they, they, that's part of the gig ah, um like even if you do that like murdering people still sucks yeah like on your human psyche like even if you think you're enjoying yourself oh, and um yeah yeah it, it's oh, tough can't even go deer hunting let alone kill a person all right so uh doo -doo -doo. it looks like one um police chief philadelphia police department from 2008-2016 implemented mandatory annual checkups with mental health professionals and found officers voluntarily came back for second or third follow-up appointments. It's, Why is that not it's universal? It's really easy to me to, okay, you guys are worried about how it would affect this or that, that or this. Like, then make it a third party. Sure. And make it confidential. Mm -hmm. it, is it that easy, guys? Like, so. And then maybe if that third party feels that you're going to go kill people on purpose, Maybe you shouldn't be able to have your benefits. Right. Um, but yeah, make make it make it anonymous. But you know, yeah, this is not hard. So the next slide's talking about looking for signs that a police officer may be about to harm themselves. Um, same reason anyone looks like yeah, they're gonna the harm system. themselves, the exact same stuff. And then it says, inevitably, it's stress combined with psychiatric illness that is not treated. Uh citing studies of police suicides over the years 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 this has been a problem for years oh i i fully believe this has probably been a problem as long as there's been police and they but they still frame it in like i don't know it's new it's amazing it's well no it's i'm more just like I, I feel like they're they're playing on working class uh morals here mm -hmm. um you know, people generally, it's like the hate the player, not the game, or the opposite of that, right? Like, don't hate the police officer, but hate the police system. But it's, I just, go do a different job. I don't know. Like, being a nurse is a calling. Being a teacher is a calling. Like, those are things you're you're driven to do. But if, like, most people are cops. Some people aren't. Some, sure. Especially if it's like a family thing, but I don't think most. I think most, it's a whole, for a fact of Decent percentage, and I don't know that it's more than half or whatever, but a whole bunch of police are people who tried to join the military and were found not fit for whatever reason, and then joined the police. So I, I definitely like, think that's another problem. Right? Yeah. Like that that's a separate a separate issue. Like the issue here is that we need mental health. People need need mental health coverage. Well, and well, yes. if, if they're doing something like this, then it needs to be mandatory. Right. Like, and again, no, we're if right it back. needs to be completely confidential and that person has no authority to actually stop that police officer from doing anything, Yeah, it's still better than what we got now. It is better than what we're doing now, but I just, I don't know, I have a hard time accepting the individual officers as victims. Like, you have a shitty job. You yeah. chose that shitty job. Like, you chose a job where you were going to be up to your elbows and dead people this some days. Like, right, exactly. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying, you know, that I would go out and, you know, cause unnecessary stress or whatever. Like, it's, that's not what I'm saying, but that's your gig, dude. Right. Yeah. 
It says the ones that need it the most are the ones less likely to reach out to try to get help. Just yeah. like with everyone else. Yeah. Uh, so far this year, 86 police officers nationwide have died by suicide, but the number is underreported by at least 25% due to the stigma and police departments around reporting mental health issues. Why is that a choice? Right? What? What? Why are departments allowed to not report when officers commit suicide? Like, I feel like that that should be mandatory. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, that, you don't get to keep that in the house. You yeah. Don't, you don't get to keep that under wraps. By 25% of them? That's nuts. Like, doesn't a coroner? Something. something? Yeah. <laughs> you would think there's some something. I guess coroner probably works for the department, though. Gosh. Um, I think there'd be some separation. But everybody's scared to bring it up despite efforts to lessen the stigma. Law enforcement officers still fear the consequences of raising mental health concerns to their superiors. And this is why we're about this is why. So Officer Delgado, the guy we're talking about at the beginning, the mm -hmm. Pulse nightclub guy, uh he spent hours inside with dead bodies, ended up with crazy PTSD. Um he was not able to work for six months and then returned to uh the force at a desk job when he finally felt like he could come back but in by 2017 he was fired uh because of ptsd his doctor evaluated him as unfit for duty now he works in private security okay armed private security i wonder so i mean in one breath like he still got treatment, right? He still got treatment, mm -hmm. and he got continue living his life. Mm -hmm. He's one of those people who the treatment isn't going to keep you as a police officer, right? But it, at least you didn't kill yourself, right? Right. But but he's using his his situation as an example of why We're police officers fit. don't fire, no, don't don't speak up. Yeah, but they don't want to be deemed unfit because then you're going to take away their guns. I don't know. If you're unfit, you're unfit, right? And you took the desk job, and obviously you couldn't yeah, but, do but that. you know, like generally, police officers are so like self-conscious of taking criticism. <laughs> like, like you just tell them they're unfit. Like that's just asking for trouble, man. Um. All right. Says so, uh, after, uh, when he was fired, it sent a message. Guess, to you know what? In the other breath, I will say, like, no matter how bad he was, like. There has to be some job in the police department you could do. Something. Something, right? Unless he was, like, seriously made not to be able to work, and then he should be on Social Security. Right. All right. So that is the end of that. But I have an unrelated propaganda video that I came across yesterday and just have to share while we're on the topic of propaganda. Oh, fuck. Ready for this? All right, so I'm gonna read when anything is on the screen for any uh, who are listening on the podcast. Um, we may pause, we start, we may talk over, but um, let's go. So, song and video created by Israeli public relations firm Rosenbaum Communications. English subtitles added by Electronic. Uh, Intifada for news reporting purposes. 
Okay, this is just gross. All right, we are gonna have to pause because I'm gonna have to read the. Yeah, they jumped right into words. Yeah, they sure did. So the first lyrics are, we are the children of the victory generation. Autumn night falls over the beach of Gaza. Planes are bombing destruction, destruction. And, and these are children. Singing. Children. Singing. Look, the IDF is crossing the line to annihilate the swastika bearers. In another year, there will be nothing there, and we will safely return to our homes. Within a year, we will annihilate everyone, and then we will return to plow our fields. And we will remember everyone, the pretty and the pure. We will never let our hearts forget a friendship like that. Love sanctified with blood. You will return and bloom amongst us. We have now run out of words. Our soul still cries out. Our soul not only sings, today our soul also fights. One people, the people of forever evermore, we won't stop protecting our homes. We won't be silent. We will show the world how today we destroy our enemy. And we will remember everyone and the pretty and the pure. We will never let our hearts, we will never let our hearts forget a friendship like that. Love sanctified with blood. You will return and bloom amongst us. They're like 10. Friendship song of 2023. Whoa. Whoa, right? So does that firm have any like that's the word I'm looking for? Like are they involved in the government or is I didn't dig like into the, in their fucking garage? Like that, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, that's gross. All right, so now it is time for our mutual aid signal boost. So during this segment, if you work with the mutual aid group or just know of one you want to shout out, let us know. Any chats we get during this segment about mutual aid will be read, even if they're not super chats. Uh, and if you're watching, if you're not watching this live and want to tell us about a mutual aid group, you can email us at divergentpolitics.com. We will share that info during our next episode. And 
Uh, if you send us links or contact information you want us to share, we will also include that in our show notes. If there's a great cause out there that you support, let us know about them. All right, so that takes us right into political headlines. All right, Rosalind Carter, former first lady uh, and tireless humanitarian. Actually, let me do something. Make sure I get her. Rosalind Carter being Jimmy Carter's wife, right? Correct. Yes. Uh, Mrs. Carter died Sunday at her home in Plains, Georgia. In a statement, former President Carter said, Rosalind was my equal partner in everything I accomplished. She gave me wise guidance and encouragement when I needed it. As long as Rosalind was in the world, I always knew somebody loved and supported me. Like the two of them are like couple schools, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. There was a very, very genuinely in love people. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably the last one in office. Yeah. Um, in late May, the Carter Center, the couple's human rights group, announced that she had been diagnosed with dementia. And they were the longest married presidential couple in U.S. history. She's the girl I want to marry, he told his mother after their first outing. Jesus. First day he knew he wanted to marry her. There she is, working on a Habitat for Humanity. All right, so now Putin's brutal war on Ukraine vanishes from news coverage amid raging conflict in Gaza. So this is probably our most misleading headline of the entire night, given by the fact that it's a headline. Mm-hmm. And it's also on CNN, and they quote CNN, like in it. And then this morning, I was listening to NPR's morning, you know, daily, whatever. Um, and Ukraine was the very first topic. But then they did immediately jump into Gaza. So. <laughs> All right. So it says coverage of the Ukraine war plummeted dramatically after October 7th. Uh, prior to that, uh, Ukraine amounted to about 8% of CNN's television coverage. And after that, it fell to under 1%. Wow. Uh, the chaos to elect a new House Speaker contributed to the decline, but the focus is mostly shifted to Israel. Uh, and similar trends are playing out online. The drop in attention paid to Ukraine has been nothing short of a boon for Putin, who has been able to wage his war with far less scrutiny on his appalling actions. Even as Western press coverage of the war in Ukraine wanes, Russia fills the vacuum in reporting with its own campaign of disturbing lies and disinformation. Because of course you do, right? Like that's what they're... Uh, Putin's strategy. Everyone on every side of the conflict is a human being with resources and wants. And yeah, they're going to do that just like you would. Right. Yeah. Uh, Putin's strategy is to wear down Western patience and support, play upon U.S. domestic divisions, and prey upon those in NATO which harbor latent Russian sympathies. Putin is also waging an information war using all the tools at his disposal to lie about and sanitize the Axis average savagery being committed against the civilian population under his orders. Uh, The the lack of press attention is making everything he's doing easier. Mm -hmm. Great soldier. 
Where's that? That one was quick. That's okay. Right. Yeah, it says sad but true. Yep. Yeah. All right. So now, uh, poll Biden standing hits new lows amid is Israel Hamas war. Um, Biden's approval has sunk to forty percent with fifty-seven percent disapproval. Biden is also behind Trump in the latest polls. And I think this is the first time he's actually been behind. Like it's been like he's been ahead, but within the margin of error. And now he's behind, but mm. within the margin of error. Gotcha. Uh, the biggest drop is with young voters, aged thirteen to thirty-four, who disapprove of his handling in Israel. Big, big surprise there. Yeah, big shock. Yeah. yeah, shocker. And they also point out his failed promises of student loan relief. Also shocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's done so much good for us. All right. Let's so I, I picked this one just because it's from an Australian show. I don't know anything about this news channel, so I'm sorry if it turns out to be like a crazy white ring, white range, right wing show. Um, apologize, but I really just like this guy's accent. I was looking for a clip to play of this and found this one. And he shares the NBC thing, hey, so the information's right. Yep. Yeah, so, so we're gonna we're gonna roll with this. So talk now about the United States, where yet another poll is telling us there is about to be a change of president, but we are, of course, one year away from the general election. Now, overall, it shows that approval for Joe Biden is not looking good. Here it is on NBC just from a couple of days ago. What is his job approval rating? We measure yeah, it now so at 40 percent, 57% disapproving the significance. Disapproval. That is the lowest President Biden has ever measured in our Which poll in terms of job like, approval. And like just look at the sea change point, from the start of this year. Now, interestingly, one of the areas where if you would have asked me, I would have said it was apart 30. From everything right? Done. Like, what was the historic? Like, I would have thought. I thought he was at. He hit 30 at some point, but maybe I'm just thinking of Trump. I yeah. thought. I thought he hit 30. The economy is the issues of foreign policy. It's young voters in particular who hate his position when it comes to Israel. (laughs) But this is a rarity for an American president that, of course, is deeply involved in what's happening in Israel, Gaza, Ukraine and other places around the world. On foreign policy, 33% approve of Joe Biden's job performance. Just in September, we asked the same question. Yeah, look at that decline. In September, the approval rate was 41%. Now it's 33. And in September, the disapproval rate was 53. Now it's 62. Those are huge shifts from September. That's done two months. Mm-hmm. 153. These numbers surprised our own pollsters, Steve, which one saying he don't surprise me. Maybe their pollsters are very smart. When a foreign entanglement that didn't involve U.S. troops had the capacity to transform the electorate. And that's not the case in this poll. Now, interestingly, obviously, if there's a fight that happens, uh, well, in a year from now and all the numbers hold, what's the result? Donald Trump, we have 46 percent Biden, 44 but there's one thing that unites almost everyone in America, which is they don't want a rematch of Biden versus Trump. Mm-hmm. In fact, if it was Biden running not against Trump, this and if hilarious. it was uh, Trump that's not running against Biden, what happens? So we said, let's measure this one way, and here's how we did it. Biden against an unnamed Republican. This is just a referendum on Biden, basically. And look at this. He goes from being an unnamed a Republican. Any, any unnamed Republican wins 4837 to Joe Biden. Just on anybody. Doesn't matter. Just you voting for the Republican or Joe Biden. 
Funny. Joe Biden loses at 37. But Fine, but they flip it around. Trump against an unnamed Democrat. Oh Trump goes from leading against <laughs> The people have spoken. We do not want four more years of no, either of them. Of either no, of them. like we've been there, Please. done that. So, so this one, uh, if you're not can't see the screen, uh generic Democrat wins 46 to 40 Donald Trump. So if either one of them run against a no-name, nobody generic person, they both lose. They both lose. Like, how are these weird stuck with? Like, how is our system so broken that nobody fucking wants either of these people? And that's who we're getting. Again. Mm-hmm. Not just who we're getting, but who we're getting again. God. Biden to be down by six points against the Democrat. They both lose. Let's so. They both lose. They both lose. Also, so funny. Right. So that's the end of politics. So if either one would lose against a generic person, it's it's not worth it to put them together as a team in any way. Although it'd be really funny. It would be really funny. Okay, so now we're going to chew our uh, shameless plug time. Um, if you like what you're hearing and you want to support us, we've got several ways you can do that. First off, we've got merch. And not to any merch, if you window merch. Sorry, I lost my place. <laughs> okay. Uh, every time I've ever bought merch, I've always wondered how much of that money actually goes to the, the people I'm trying to support. So we set up the DP merch store prices so that every item you buy, we get $10, no matter what it is. I know probably none of you are going to pay $14 for a sticker, uh, but you could get one for free. We've got three tiers of Patreons or patrons over on Patreon. We've got Divergent Curious for a dollar per week, Confident Divergent for $2 per week, and Dominant Divergent for a whopping $100 per month. All three tiers include a free iHeartDP sticker. Just tell us where to ship it and what color you'd like. You'll also be invited to a supporter-exclusive monthly bonus episode we're calling Rant and Ramble on Rumble. So confident Divergent supporters, the next year up, uh, get that, plus they get 10% off their first purchase at the DP Merch Store. Uh, this tier is also available on Substack and has a discount if you pay annually. Um, and then off the on the off chance you have fuck you money, you can sign up for the Dominant Divergent tier at a whopping $100 a month. That kind of love gets you FaceTime. You get all those perks and you get the opportunity opportunity to join us as a guest host for a future episode of Divergent Politics. What a sweet deal. Uh, and if you're divergent but poor, I feel you. But you can still be part of the fun. You can sign up for free at Substack to keep in touch with us. If we ever have any announcements or need to make a last minute change to a scheduled stream, you'll get an email about it. Uh, and that's also where this show is hosted as a podcast. And you can find links for all of these uh, at our website 
at divergentpolitics.com and I can show you. There we go. Here's our, our cool merch. Uh, we've got shirts, we've got joggers, long sleeve, short sleeve, tank tops, hoodies, zip up hoodies, pullovers, windbreakers, water bottles. Plenty of mud. yellow for those yellow lovers. Yes, plenty of yellow. I know that, that's special type of people like yellow things, but we got you. I got aprons. We've even got stuff for your pets. So all like I said, all links to all of that can be found at our website, um, as well as episode links to the episodes and show notes. All right now, we're going to end on an apolitical note. We're going to be talking about the uh, Iceland earthquakes and um, probable volcano. No, I'd say it's pretty probable. Yeah. No, I, I, I would give a little background while you're doing that. Uh, everything I know about this, I've learned from memes. <laughs> there are um, a couple of couple of meme accounts I follow are doing like longer longer segments and actually sure. like telling little news stories. Gotcha. This is a fun one because the videos are pretty fun. I bet. Yeah. 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 The uh, I I definitely get. I find out about new news from memes more like, often than yeah. I than I would like to admit. Yeah, yeah. I don't usually stop there, but <laughs> that's where I hear yeah. about it. All right, so Iceland volcano eruption could happen within just thirty minutes, uh, as magma very close to surface. Right, check out that just shattered road, just split yeah, open. Balls on that guy, just standing that close. Yeah. Yeah, you can see that, yeah, that it just continues all the way up here. I don't know if you can see. Like it's just oh, not, yeah. It continues all the way up, all the way up the street. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so, key points. Icelandic authorities fear sudden volcano eruption. Ground near power plant swells as chamber beneath floods with magma. Uh Peninsula braced for new eruptive cycle to bring decades of volcanic instability. Which mm. is, that's not good news. Like, that's that's just not great. Uh, evacuated town residents were allowed to return briefly to rescue valuables. Mm. They're like, told everybody to get out. And then when everything didn't immediately blow, they're like, mm, okay, go. Go. <laughs> What's funny is you couldn't even do that with Americans. No. Because there would be so much looting right? on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're they're having hundreds of earthquakes per hour for the last several weeks. Yeah, just hundreds. It's nutso. Now this is mostly like in the western part, right? Like, yeah. So on the other side, totally fine. Uh, yeah, it's not the whole the where it's where it's hitting. I didn't save the map. I looked at. I almost pulled it, but it was not in English, so I didn't. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. Each word was twenty-seven digits. Exactly. Characters long. Yeah. But here's the thing is decreasing earthquake activity over the last 24 hours could indicate that magma has reached very high up in the Earth's crust. Mm. So it's like the only time where uh, decreasing earthquakes is bad. Like, okay. Usually you want earthquakes to go away. In this case, it means bad things are coming. Mm. All right. I don't know. We've got a video. Is that, look at that road. 
And now to some video that you yeah, have to see of Volcano. For at least me, for my brain to even like figure out that ground is moving separate of that ground. Yeah. No, there, you the, know, like, there's some pretty impressive things here. And it's a short, so we're just going to let this play. You know, in Iceland is likely about to erupt, and the area around it steam has been seeing that. some strong earthquakes for weeks. That's as what we have the picture of right there. This city was evacuated a week ago. Officials shared this video of the heights. damage caused by the quakes, and you can see that the concrete there has pushed about three feet up. Look at this, the buildings. Places. So where the buildings are next to each other, the one building is like six inches higher hmm. than the other one. Yeah, I mean, you know, growing up in Alaska, I've definitely seen stuff like that. But they're usually not steaming and right. spewing magma. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. Well, that is our show for you tonight. So was there anything you wanted to circle back to before we end? Or do you have any questions? No, or... the, I'll say the same thing. If anyone else, uh, you know, thinks we're wrong or knows we're wrong, let us know. Yeah, we'll take you um, back. We would love to interact and chat with people. And, uh, yeah, give us a give us an email. At, uh, what is it? Divergent Diver politics at gmail. At gmail. Yeah. Um, also, if you go on our website at divergentpolitics.com, there is a contact form that will send us an email that you can email us through there. Yeah. Yeah. Send us a message. No dick pics. Mm. Um, yeah, please. Um, if you do, we might post them. <laughs> send, draw a little happy face on them and post them. Uh, yeah. Other than that, no, that's, that's, that's about it. Right. Well, so then let's do our silver lining silver closing. Lining. Um, we know the topics we cover can be bleak, so we want to try and end our episodes on a positive note. Uh, we will try to find a silver lining in the topics we've covered today. And if we can't find one, we'll take a minute to share something we're grateful for today. Today was easier than others. Uh, today's silver lining is that no people have been hurt during the orca encounters. Mm -hmm. Nearly 600 interactions, three sunken boats, and no one was hurt. Not just killed, but hurt. Like, no one's even been injured. Like, that's just the, the potential for injury Lots and death. Lots of pants peed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, definitely have to, to replace some articles of clothing, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, but, yeah, no leaving the people alone. So yeah. I like it. Well, let's keep open for that. All right. Well, that's our show. We hope you'll join us next time. And just a quick reminder to head over to our website at divergentpolitics.com for links to all our socials, membership signups, and the DP merch store. Good night. Good night.